Hey everybody, Chris Avery with you on a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly. We're one week away from the 2021 NFL Draft. Please be joined by the voice of the Chargers, Matt Money-Smith. Money, it's been about four months. Uh, a little bit has changed in Chargers land, my friend. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. A lot has changed in, in Chargers land. And and I think, you know, yeah, we're we're part of the organization, a small, tiny part, but uh, so maybe we're biased, but man, I could not be more excited. I am so impressed with this coaching staff and could, you know, all the Zoom calls we've been on with, with Coach Staley, with the coordinators, I mean, even getting to Coach Swinton and, you know, just special teams and just hearing about the ideas that they have and how they're going to juice special teams. I mean, it really is an exciting time. Coach has given us a lot of material. I think the first presser was like 95, 96 minutes. He gave us an hour last week. Uh, you mentioned the, the coordinators, uh, a young coaching staff, a lot of up and coming coaches on this staff. Um, listen, I've talked about the draft in about 101 different ways over the last two months, just what could the Chargers do? What positions we're going to target? We'll get to the draft, but just your overall thoughts on what they've done the last couple of months, specifically in free agency. Obviously, offensive line was priority A, getting Corey Lindsley in here, and then a, a pair of uh, talented veteran tackles. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think you, uh, what you heard Coach Staley and, and you know, kind of what we've seen from, from Tom Telesco uh, repeatedly throughout free agency is top – Tom doesn't necessarily go for that big splash, that big name. It's, it's always seems to be value. And, and when you see kind of those free agency draft or those free agency grade shows, it seems like the Chargers always do really well on those, that, that they find players, that they sign for good value, um, that fill needs. And uh, I think they did that. You know, Corey Lindsley, you know, you get that anchor and you know how important a center can be on that offensive line. It can really change everything, especially with a young quarterback to have someone that's widely considered the best center in the game to help them out with protections and shifts and, and bring the rest of that line along, that's going to help immensely. I think if we project that Brian Belaga is going to be healthy, I know it's been for the most part, you know, he's had healthy campaigns throughout his career. So let's project that. And then you add in Filer and Abushi if he's a starter and look, I hate saying it because we know the guys, but this was probably the worst offensive line in the league last year. And Justin Herbert threw for 4,300 yards and, and 31 touchdowns in 15 games. So you're going to upgrade four of the five spots, um, you know, going into 2021 and, and we'll get into the draft. And I think that's kind of maybe where my philosophy on the draft shifts a little bit from other folks, but um, you know, so I love obviously the moves on the offensive line. Uh, I think you've upgraded at, at th those interior three are, are now upgraded from where they were last year. Uh, you project Bulaga is healthy. You're upgraded at right tackle. Now, you know, and coach Staley even said it about the left tackle position. Uh, keeping Michael Davis was clearly huge. And, and I think in, in listening to how um, listening to coach Staley explain how he wants his corners to play kind of made sense. Why Casey, uh, why they moved down with Casey, um, you know, regardless of how much, you know, we all appreciate him and, and, and loved him as a guy and, and a player and how good of a player he was. So I, I think you kind of look at those two positions um, after free agency and, and you can probably see, okay, well, maybe down a corner and, and even coach Staley said left tackle still something there. Or thinking about so I think that's kind of what's at the top of everybody's list following free agency but but I do think they got better uh, most definitely the team got better um, through free agency and a couple of things to note a free agency isn't done yet there's still guys out there yeah uh, across the offensive line maybe at left tackle and b as far as left tackle is concerned 
You drafted Trey Pipkins two years ago in the third round from a very small school. You knew that he was going to be a project, and this is his third season. So it'll be interesting to see if he can take that leap from year two to year three and at least, I don't know if he's going to be a swing tackle, maybe compete for that left spot. Um, so there's a couple of options outside of the draft that, that I think the Chargers could still try to identify a guy or two across the line money. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, you know, one of the things that, that I really appreciated the coach said, you know, he, he pointed out, he's like, look, remember there's still, you know, and I think he, I think the one issue with Trey is there's a lot of tape on Trey, you know, I, I know he's young and, and he's a developmental project, but I think, you know, from the coaching staff, you probably look at all of those snaps and figure out, you know, okay, how, how steep is this mountain we got to climb? To, to, to make this, you know, shift this from a developmental project to someone who we can trust to protect the blind side of Justin Herbert week in uh, and week out. And it didn't sound like they were too comfortable with that idea um, in 2021. So I, I think left tackle is certainly a, a position that will need to be addressed. And I think that's why so many people um, and look, we have so many media scouts now, um, people that that build their own top 100 boards that ha have never been to a football game in their life. And I'm not yeah. trying to take shots at them, but you know, you and I name names, the, buddy, name names. Yeah. I mean, it's just, we, we get to see it. I get to see it personally up close and, and how much time and effort goes into scouting these players from DJ um, just on the plane when I'm sitting next to him and I get to do it with him. And he just kind of lets me be a little fly on the wall while he's doing it. I mean, we'll, we'll have a cross country flight. That's five hours long. He might get through three guys. Maybe two, yeah. three guys. And I mean, like, I remember we, we did offensive linemen last year, two years ago, you know, for the, the draft. And we watched, uh, it was before Alex Leatherwood decided to go back to Alabama. We watched Leatherwood. We watched Jedrick Wills. We watched Mackay Becton. We got about, we got a little bit of Tristan Wirfs in. And I can remember falling asleep. I was so bored by Andrew Thomas and not impressed at all. Um, and so this guy is just, he's got his notes and he's, you say, hey, man, watch this. And, and I don't understand what I'm watching, but he's done it for so long. And I just bring that up because, look, people are going to post their mock drafts. They're going to post their top 50s. And these are my top fives at each position. Man, the amount of time that goes into scouting these players is not as simple as aggregating what all the other media scouts are doing and then coming up with your own list. So, um, you know, I, I bring that up because I, I think just be careful. For all these people that are yes. trying to pencil in, oh, here's I like Garrison and I like Tevin. If you don't draft Jenkins at 13, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, the great majority of them. And in each of these teams, they know what they're doing. I mean, they have their scouts who've been doing this forever. Right. Their boards are going to look different from uh, a mock draft 6.0 on a <laughs> on a website. You know what I mean? Yeah. They know what they're doing. They have a plan. They have a formula. Uh, which leads me to the first round. The Chargers select 13 overall. They have nine picks. But the, the first 12 picks, I, I guess the, the draft kind of starts, you would, some would say Atlanta, it kind of starts with San Francisco because if Mac Jones is their guy, that may push uh, an extra player up to the Chargers. Maybe you have five quarterbacks yeah. in the top 12. That's a, yeah, that's a great point. That's the key, I think. Because if you get five ahead of the Chargers, you are now talking about, you know, the, the next seven play, right? So if you get five, you got eight and that's what you need because you have two elite tackles, two elite corners, four elite pass catchers. So now you've got eight players, which means one of those eight is going to get to 13. And, you know, I, and look, there's first round grades on certainly more than, than the eight players and five quarterbacks, but 
I, I think in terms of that, you know, and I'm talking about guys like, you know, what, like uh, Micah Parsons, right? Like that's someone you couldn't yeah. quite see the Chargers taking because they just traded up to get Kenneth Murray. They're super, you know, they're excited about Drew Tranquil. So that's not necessarily a fit. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe he's just that athletic. You think about how excited a lot of people were about Isaiah Simmons last year. And, you know, Parsons is that kind of physical freak at linebacker. So who knows? Maybe that is a guy that's on their board and would make would make I mean, sense. But I defensively, we don't know what, what Staley is is exactly looking for. Uh, obviously, right. we know that there's a potential need a corner, but there could be some of these Swiss Army players that they could play multiple positions, defensive back linebacker that may fit perfectly for something that he wants to accomplish. Yeah, and I think. You know, kind of one of the things that I've been trying to, to hammer home to people is and just in, in talking to enough of the guys that do this and have done it for a long time and were scouts or are scouts. It does sound like it's those eight, you know, like that, that that seems to be sort of this elite category. Right. It's Kyle Pitts. It's Jalen Waddle. It's Devontae Smith. Jamar Chase is your pass catchers. It's Horn and Sertan. And look, if Caleb Farley didn't have two back surgeries, he'd be in there as well. But, man, that's scary. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's that's really scary. Um, and then you have the the two tackles, Slater and and uh, Sewell. And I think I think you might be able to put Vera Tucker in there. A lot of people think he's going to be an elite interior lineman. Um, unfortunately, doesn't measure out, you know, sub 33 inch arms. And that kind of limits the idea of him being able to be a tackle. So if you can get one of those guys and, and I think like the, the way I look at it is if it's Jalen Waddle or it's Devontae Smith sitting there, I don't care about need. Get it. You know, get go. Just take them. I mean, we saw what, like I said, Justin Herbert was able to put up some of the best numbers in the NFL at quarterback with one of the worst offensive lines in front of him. That has already been upgraded. It's already been upgraded in three of the five spots and perhaps four of the five spots guaranteed. So if you don't get your left tackle there, get it in the second round, get it in the third round. Villanueva is still out there. Our old friend Russell Okun is still out there. If you think you might be able to kind of get him and Trey Pipkins together or kind of there are other, you know, there you might be able to get someone in a trade following the draft to, to fix that hole. But if you've got, let's just do it on a scale of, of one to a hundred. Let's say you've got Jalen Waddle rated at a 92 and now you're looking at tackle and it's Darisaw or it's Jenkins and they're at an 85. No, that, that's just yeah. not the way it works. Um, you know, and same thing with corner. I think if corners there, grab it. If it's certain or Horner, if they're there, get them. But like you said, you know, look at what look at what Brandon Staley was able to do with third round guys, with six round guys, with the Rams. So maybe he's comfortable with Brandon Faison, you know, that we've always seen flash right in the preseason. You know, Brandon, we're always like, man, that seems like that guy should be getting more reps. And for whatever reason, it just didn't come together under Gus and Anthony. But maybe he's tabbed him. And um, and then I'll just make a long answer longer quickly and finish it with this. The other thing about getting those five quarterbacks ahead is. Just imagine if you're like the Jets, right? And you've got pick 23 and you've drafted Zach Wilson. And all of a sudden at 13, that last guy is there. It's Devontae Smith or it's Jalen Waddell. And you call Tom Telesco and you say, hey, man, I got 23 this year. I got five picks in the top 90. I'll give you two of them. And I'll give you a two next year. Boom. You know, that's what's so key about Mac Jones is I think that then makes 13 a pivot point for someone that wants to jump up there to get either that second corner, that second lineman or that fourth and final wide receiver. And it could end up being a really valuable pick for multiple picks to, to help fill more holes. Plus the chargers, they have nine picks. So who's to say that they can't go back in the first round, like they did to get Kenneth Murray, you know? So if you, let's say you, you get a wide receiver at 13. And I think when people 
they get upset about the, the wide receiver conversation, but we're not just talking about 2021 here, right? We're talking about the next five years with Justin Herbert. So to your point, if there is an elite pass catcher or wide receiver there, a burner like Waddle, uh, a route runner like Devontae Smith, to have to have two guys like that on the, the field at the same time and Keenan Allen and Smith, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it. You know, I'm with you. You know what I mean? Like, we're to not me, just talking about 2021 here. We're talking about no. multiple years with Justin Herbert at under center. Yeah, to me, I like, I don't think it's even a discussion. I, I, I think if you're faced with, you know, the, the next tier of tackles or the next tier of corners and one of those top pass catchers, it, it doesn't make any sense to pass that up. Um, you know, we saw that, that Herbert is so good at diagnosing and finding the open person. And if you can get someone like Devontae Smith, or Jalen Waddle and that type of explosiveness, like you said, with Keenan, with you know, and everyone's like, "Whoa, where are the where are the targets going to come from? How are you going to spread it around?" Well, maybe that's because those nobody else was open, you know, and that's why you had to keep going back to that Keenan well and keep going back to that Hunter Henry well. You know, he did spread it around to he did. Billy and Guyton and Parham yeah. and Hunter and Mike. I mean, there's yeah. a ton of dudes, and just because, listen, I, I get Guyton. And T. Billy, they're speedsters, and they're undrafted yeah, yeah. free agents, and, and they showed us enough last year to where they could potentially take another step in 2021. But it's very difficult, like you said, to pass up elite talent if it falls to you at 13. And, and, yeah. and settling for a position you may not be as high on, because I'll ask you this. Sewell and Slater, we've talked about those two guys a ton over the last couple of months. Do you think Sewell and Slater are getting out of the top 10? No. I don't because I, you know, it seems like all, all things are pointing to, to Cincinnati taking Sewell. Uh, I think there was some discussion earlier about Chase and reuniting him with, with Burrow, but kind of more and more that I'm hearing is that's it's probably going to be Sewell. And I think that's the difference, right? If they, if they pass on Sewell, then maybe, you know, I, I, maybe he gets past Miami at six and then it could get interesting. You might be able to get Slater, but I just don't see it. I, I think, Cincinnati, Miami, Detroit, Carolina, all four of those teams, you know, really, I, I'm sure would be would, would want Sewell or would want Slater, would, would want that franchise tackle. So I, I can't see those two. To me, Vera Tucker is the interesting one because I don't know what type of grade Tom and his staff have on Vera Tucker. Everybody I've talked to, you know, prior to the measurement and him coming in under 33 inch arms, some teams had him as their number one offensive lineman. Um, that's how, that's how well regard. So if they have Vera Tucker rated that high, then you know what, take him. you know, even though he might not be a tackle. So what take him? a Bushy's long, let him figure out tackle. He he proved he played six games at left tackle last year. It was pretty darn good. So he has tape and and he's proved that he can do it. But uh, you mentioned DJ. I think DJ said he projects as an all pro guard at at level. So listen, the more offensive linemen who have positional versatility, the better in my mind. Yeah. And, and you know what, Filer's proved that he's versatile, um, you know, and, and again, I hate doing it because it sounds like, oh, you're just saying it because he's not there anymore. But like Sam Tevy was graded out as one of the worst left tackles in football last year and, and Herbert still excelled. So that's the guy that was supposed to be his blindside protector. And, you know, he did an adequate, you know, probably just below average job. And that's how you get graded the way you do, but offense still function. They still, they still scored a ton of points. Um, so I think that's something to remember. And I, you kind of go back to last year and, and, you know, you just think about all those games that got away. And I think the great majority of them 
what would you say? How do they get away? One, special teams. Two, defense. What's yeah. the best way to impact those two things? Defensive backs. You yeah. know, because defensive backs typically play special teams and typically are really good special teams players. And of course, it's become a passing league. And we know how much, you know, how, um, gosh, what's the word? Multiple. Brandon Staley was in his defense with the Rams, specifically with defensive backs and where he put them and how he played them. So if you can get that Swiss Army knife, my gosh, like to me, best case scenario for the Chargers is somehow Sertan falls to 13. I, I know it's not likely, but man, if that were to happen, that to me is like the perfect pick for them. Um, save Kyle Pitts, who's just going to be impossible to cover. But, yeah. you know, like like if, if somehow that happened, that would be ideal. You know, I think, I, and I don't know, you know, in terms of J.C. Horn, I just, in talking to some folks, some people really, really like him. They love the physicality. Obviously, that athleticism's there. Um, and, you know, we heard what Coach had to say, right? He, he's like, you better be able to play man. You better be able to play man off, man press. Uh, and you better be able to tackle. And that sounds like Horn to me. So, like, those two guys, I think if one or two, those two are there, um, that's, that's probably best case, I think, in terms of they're going to stick and pick. That to me is best case. It's one of those top two corners because of the impact they could have day one defense and special teams. I agree with you. And I'm not saying Horn or Sertan is, is Jalen Ramsey, but they've been comped. Sertan certainly has been comped as a Jalen Ramsey type player. And if I'm not mistaken, one of his coaches at Alabama, Coach Darwin at Florida State and Jalen at Florida State. So there are some if you if you see the breadcrumbs, there, there's a few when it comes to Sertan and what he may potentially look like in a Brandon Staley like offense. So uh, just imagine having a guy like him and Derwin James in, in the secondary where you could yeah. Derwin everywhere. So I, I don't think that there's any shortage of of uh, of options. And we didn't even talk about potentially maybe trading up. You have nine. Picks. I was just going to say it. I was just going to say it. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to use that second and trade up. Um because you believe, you know, and, and and I think that's the other thing. You saw how much he moved Jalen around with the Rams. And now all of a sudden, if you have Derwin and you have kind of a, not a Derwin clone, but Sertan, who is 6'2", and, and built very similarly, maybe Derwin plays a little corner. Maybe Sertan plays a little safety. And you are just, you don't know what the heck is going on in that yeah. secondary. The idea to be able to do, and, you know, we know how big Michael Davis is and the athletic freak that he is. So now you got three guys you know, along with Adderley that Staley certainly sounded really excited about getting his hands on and coaching up with the traits that he has. How about Tillery? He's still right, pretty exactly. good Tillery too. Exactly. So you're talking about traits in the secondary with Chris Harris, the veteran and the savvy that you have there is perhaps a slot corner. I mean, man, that to me is just, I know it's not as sexy as, well, I guess offensive line is not really sexy either. It's not as sexy as getting Waddle, a guy that some, you know, that most scouts have, have comped and we've heard Tyreek Hill comps before, but not like this. They're like, yeah, this is, you can say that he's got Tyreek Hill speed or he's got, this guy has it. This guy has that build, that compact fire hydrant strength build, along with just ridiculous burst and quickness that shows up immediately the second he gets his hands on the ball. So that's that's where the waddle excitement comes in, uh, right? It's, it's kind of getting that going too. But um you know, it might not be that exciting, but to me, if you can get one of those two corners, man, what a big win that would be with that 13th pick. The other thing I'd say about Waddle is that you have to outscore the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, imagine Waddle streaking down the field with T. Billy. Yeah, <laughs> and you exactly. Got Ed Keenan on uh, on the field all at the same time. Justin's going to find the open man. 
So yeah, I, I don't think there's any shortage of of options. I'd be happy with at 13 or if they trade up or, or trade back to your point with it with a team that may want to get that that number one receiver. Um, I'll get you out of here on this. What else do you want to see out of this draft? You have nine picks. Uh, I we concentrate on left tackle and corner. Um Depth at certain positions, I think we just assume, okay, this guy's going to start 16 games. It's not that easy. I think you still need depth at safety, at yes. linebacker. I think depth across the defensive line at edge uh, would be a good thing. Uh, what else do you want to see the Chargers accomplish here really over, over the next week in the draft, but maybe also in the free agency as we get closer to minicamp? Well, I think you said it, you know, and that's depth to me. I think secondary depth, offensive line depth, we've already addressed that. That's that's must have. But I, I think wide receivers being overlooked. I think people are excited because, you know, you mentioned T. Billy and, and Guyton and, and they certainly flashed. Um, but I think you, you need to find that full time third receiver. Um, I, I don't know if it's Guyton. I don't think it's Johnson or Guyton. I just don't I don't quite I, I think they're more specialists. Um at least at this point, you know, continue to develop. Certainly they took a step last year. I think the question there is how much of that is them? How much of that is Herbert, right? Where it's just, Hey guys, you're fast, go. And let's just cross our fingers and hope you catch it. Um, I think is what kind of a lot of that was versus like you said, precise route runner, uh, Devonte Smith explosive from the second he gets his hands on the ball, Jalen Waddle. that that's different. So I think there are some of those players, you know, if you're looking for a straight slot, I think so many people talk about how successful Keenan was in the slot. Keenan played outside most of the year last year, you know? So if you have someone like Elijah Moore, some, if he somehow slips into that second round or maybe a nice gadget, not, I shouldn't say gadget, but a piece that kind of Swiss army knife piece of Rondale Moore to Purdue, you know, a Canarius Tony where you can do all these different things, you know, that Sean McVay loves to do that pre-snap action. Um, a player like that, I think would be incredibly valuable. And, you know, I brought it up when we had Staley, you know, when we did the Staley Zoom, the last one, I, I said, kind of where are you at with your running back room? Because every single year, the last three years, they've had to sign someone during the season that has not just provided depth, but has had to play and has had to start. Um, I think we all know when Justin Jackson's healthy, he's darn exciting. And we know what Eckler can do, but I, I think it's probably important. And, and you know what kind of talent you can get at the running back position, um, you know, in the third and fourth round, you know, to go with, with Kelly and Jackson and, and Eckler. And, and I, so I think that's something that, that also needs to be addressed. Interior tackle, uh, interior defensive lineman, um, although it sounded like, you know, they're going to move Tillery back to that interior spot. Um, so like you said, edge, it's just, it's a bad, it's a bad draft for edge. Um, so I think that's probably a lot of big swing, boom, bust kind of deal, um, no matter what round you take them in. So um, look, it's a, I, I, the, the draft is deep in a lot of positions that, that the chargers are looking at, right. It's deep in the secondary, it's deep at offensive line. Um, so it's deep at receiver. Um, so I think it, I think it lines up to be a really good year for, for them to have all these picks. I love the conversation and guess what? We have no idea what's going to happen in a no. We have not the slightest clue what the Chargers are going to do at number 13. No, you know, last year I, I, I truly didn't, I didn't think they were going to take Herbert. Like I thought, uh, and it just goes to show you what kind of a dope I am. I was like, ah, take Isaiah Simmons at six if they yeah. get to it, you know, and, and Herbert's, you know, put together arguably the greatest rookie quarterback season in the history of the league. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, we're, yeah, we're talking to Akuda, Simmons, all these other right? 
potential options in six. Uh, I think yeah. the Chargers made the right move. Buddy, it's been too long, man. I, I always love doing this with you, and hopefully we'll, we'll get you back on here soon. What do you got going on for the draft? Some stuff at NFL Network? Uh, draft, yeah, we'll be on NFL, just kind of all the NFL digital platforms, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, we'll do the wrap of each round. I'll do it with Bucky Brooks, who was a scout for the Seahawks and the Panthers, and Lance Zerline, who is his dad's an O-line coach. He's been doing scouting for 25 years. He writes all the bios. All those things you when you Google the name and type NFL next yeah, to it and you read Lance. that synopsis, that's Lance. He does about seven hundred every year. So uh, those guys are great. I just help move the thing along and uh, try to find some interesting conversations that they can have with one another after each round. So we'll be doing that every day, and then Sunday we'll have our draft grade show uh, on the network and also on all those digital platforms. I'll be tuned in. Thanks, brother. You got it, man. Anytime. And that's going to do it for us. A big thanks to Matt Money Smith for joining me. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. Be sure to download and subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network wherever you listen to podcasts. We're going to have a special edition of Chargers Weekly, maybe a couple of episodes throughout the weekend of the 2021 NFL Draft. So stay tuned for that. Have a great weekend. And until next time, I'm Chris Hayreed.